Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father, from the bread of life, and the Holy Spirit who feeds us that bread of life. I'd like to begin with a prayer this morning. Bow our heads. Blessed Lord, you have given us your holy scriptures for our learning. May we so hear them, read, learn, and take them to heart that being strengthened and comforted by your holy word, we may cling to the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You ever been accused of cannibalism? Roasting an unwanted relative? or maybe cooking a, cooking a foreigner. I ask that because in the early Christian church, the Romans despised Christians. And they leveled all sorts of charges against them, and one of them was that Christians practiced cannibalism because they ate the body of Jesus and drank his blood. I am the living bread, eat this bread. Moses gave you manna, but the bread I give is my flesh. Jesus said those things long before the Lord's Supper was instituted, a whole year before the Lord's Supper was instituted, so there's no way that he was talking about that. So you wonder if some of the people that asks that question, can this man give us this, his flesh to eat? Whether they were thinking that this guy is a little crazy because it sounds a little bit like cannibalism. And in fact, when they ask the question, Jesus responds by saying, and unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. Now that probably grossed him out. Really. Because if there was one thing that... that God's people knew it was the law of Moses, and Moses said that you never drink the blood of an animal. You always drain all of the blood out of the animal before you cook the meat. Blood was absolutely taboo. Now here's this man telling him not only to eat his flesh, but also to drink his blood. What in the world is he talking about? Jesus, you are telling us to do something so radical that it goes against our very nature. Jesus, of course, isn't telling them to cut off his arm and munch on it for a snack. But he was telling them to do something against their inborn nature. And today he invites us to do the same. He tells us to eat and live. Jesus' words really aren't complicated here. What... Bread is to the body, Jesus is to the soul. What the body needs to stay alive is food, bread. What the soul needs to stay alive is, and to stay alive forever, is Jesus. Deprive the body of food for any time, and the body will die. Deprive the soul of Jesus, and the soul will die. It's as simple as that. 
And when Jesus is talking about eating his bread, I think we all understand what he's talking about, right? Remember when he talked to the woman at the the well, that, that unsuspecting young woman who came out to draw water one day at the well in Samaria, and, and Jesus said to her, everyone who, who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I will give him will never be thirsty again. Rather, the water I give him will become a, in him a spring of water bubbling up to eternal life. What was he telling her? He's the water of life. Drink her. Believe in her. Exactly what he's saying here, he just changes the image in the picture. Believe in him. When you read and reread this entire conversation from verses 26 to 58, he keeps repeating the same thing over and over again. That's why this sometimes gets to be a tough section of scripture to to preach about because it's kind of the same theme for about three weeks in a row. He simply is telling telling us, um, believe in me and you'll live forever. I'm the bread of life. A little bit later he says, I'm the bread of life. Eat me and live forever. And today again he tells us, I am the bread of life. Eat me or believe in me, and you will live forever. He wants us to know that there's something special about him that is different than any other kind of food. You know, those, those people came to him after he had fed, you know, that group of 5,000 people, still thinking that somehow or another he was going to continually provide the food for their body so that every day that they needed something, just like, just like Moses was able to give the people food while they wanted him to give them their food every day. And Jesus said, I don't want you to have that food. I want you to have food that lasts forever. And in fact, he also tells us that he is the only source of that food, the only source of food that offers eternal life. And you and I know this from so many different places in the Bible, don't we? Jesus is going to tell his disciples on the night he's betrayed, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And when the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit after Pentecost, they proclaimed that same message over and over again, didn't they? And Peter said that that there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Jesus is it. The only way that we can ever find a path to heaven. He is the one way. And we are invited to believe, to make, make and set our whole eternal future on this man, this man who wears our flesh and blood. And so the people said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? It runs counter to our reason, to our very nature, a nature which, which says that, that if there is going to be a relationship with God, that we have to do something. Even if it is the teeniest, tiniest little thing, we must do something in order to have a relationship with God. And Jesus is saying, no, it's all about you. 
eating my flesh. Nothing you can do. I'm confronted, and we are all confronted, with so many things that run counter to our reason and our thinking when we listen to Jesus. How can a little bit of water dripped on us when we are just tiny little heathens create a living faith and seal us for eternal life? Does that really make sense? Just a little bit of water with the word. How can I receive the very body and blood that was shed on the cross or died on the cross and the blood that was poured out? How can I receive that every time I come to the Lord's Supper? How can it be that, that, that Jesus' body and blood, uh, he, he is a man, is in heaven and he's in that the, at the sacrament at the same time? How can it be? When I feel defeated by my sins that I repeat over and over again or, the, or, or I think about the promises that I make to my Savior each and every day in prayer and then I, as soon as I make them, I'm practically breaking them. I, I, I know I'm supposed to return to the Word and, and take comfort in the promises that I've been fully and, and freely forgiven. And, and I'm, I'm supposed to remember that that my baptism has washed all my sins away. And that I have a new man who is, is willing to confront and fight those temptations. But can water poured on me years ago? Can reading and meditating on the pages of a book or eating bread and drinking a little bit of wine really give me strength? To stand victorious all that, over all that, all that vexes me? Jesus says so many radical things that go against our very nature, that contradict our reason. But it doesn't mean that they're not true. When reason fails to understand, these truths and these concepts of the Bible, then I need to lay that reason aside and I need to look to the bread of life and to believe him because what he says is true. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. He was, was saying to those people that I, this man of flesh and bones, I'm going to give my life as promised by the Old Testament prophets to bring forgiveness of sins into the world. Everything that Jesus did in his human nature, he did for the world. And that means for you and, and, and me as well. We are the ones who do no good. We sin daily. And yet God looked at him and said, you're the sinner. The father accused him and counted him guilty of our sins. He punished him for those sins. 
That flesh was bruised and bloodied and beaten and punished and condemned because we had sinned. And that body rose again, that, that true man, Jesus Christ, true God and true man, rose on that third day because we are considered forgiven and declared not guilty in God's eyes because of him. And by his grace, Jesus says that the one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Jesus lives inside of you. Is that hard to believe? That Jesus lives inside of you too? That he remains in you? Do you ever stop and ask yourself, why would, why would the creator of all things, the savior of the world, want to live inside of me? Because I feel pretty unworthy about that. but you put reason aside and you believe what Jesus says to you because it is true. He lives inside of each and every one of us. Do you believe that you'll live forever because Jesus lives inside of you? I remember once watching a, 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 a sermon by a very famous evangelist, TV evangelist, and, and he asked his congregation one morning, how many of you are absolutely convinced you're going to heaven? And I think he probably got a little sheepish when the camera panned out in the, into the audience and rarely anybody raised their hand. I hope and pray that you all raise your hand right away because it says the one who eats this bread, the one who believes in Jesus, will live forever. I know that. And I can be confident of that when I'm walking around happy and, and, and glad every day or when I am struggling or when I am pain or when I am close to death. Turn to Jesus. Get rid of those uncertainties and fears. He isn't lying to you or to me when he says that when you eat my flesh, when you believe in me, you will live forever. I've heard it jokingly said, and I know that I've said it a few times for, before, uh, if you like Chinese food, you know, eat Chinese food and 15 minutes after you're done with your meal, you're hungry again, right? Uh, the other side, go to a fast food restaurant, I don't know about you, but a lot of times if I go to a fast food restaurant, that food sits like a brick in the stomach. You don't want to eat for hours. But the very fact of the matter is, is that the meals that we eat, they're good. But in the end, you have to eat again, don't you? The prayer that I used at the beginning of the sermon um, is one that we have in our liturgy. And maybe some of you remember the old language of that prayer, which said, grant that we may in such wise hear them, when talking about the scriptures, grant that we may in such wise hear them, learn, mark, and inwardly 
digest them. And when, when Jesus says here that my flesh and blood is real food, and, my, and, 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 and then the one who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, he, he he's use, uses a word for eating, which means to munch on or to nibble on. Science tells us that that you will forget 90% of what you hear right now within the next 70 hours. Um, That doesn't mean that the word of God isn't powerful enough and effective. But it's a reminder for all of us that we need to keep munching on that word of God. That we need to keep nibbling on the nuggets of of, of, of wonder and comfort that he gives us in his holy word. By looking to Jesus, by remaining in Jesus, you will know the joy as you leave your own reason behind and you delight in his, his saving and his conquering words of wisdom. But just like you need to eat every day, you need Jesus every day too. You know, sometimes when Jesus speaks to us, when he spoke to the crowds, he, t- he taught how to, how to apply his teachings to, to our daily lives. How to show love and compassion to our family and, and, and to people we don't know. How to, how to pray for people in need how to trust him during the storms of life, um, how to live a more thankful attitude in our, in our daily life, how to, how to talk to others about our faith and things. A lot of times his teachings will do that, but there are times when Jesus just wants us to appropriate his message, to, to take it in and, and, to, and, and to let it sink deep into our hearts and souls. And that's what he's doing again today. Reminding us very simply what it means to be a Christian. It's about believing him and believing him alone and confessing him and confessing him alone. It's about finding comfort in the fact that he lives inside of each and every one of us. It's, it's, it's about, about the certainty that we will live for all eternity. It's about the fact that the Holy Spirit has, has in each of us, has overcome our reason and worked a saving faith and trust in the one who stands before us as our Savior. And he gives us complete joy to know that we are are connected to him and that he lives in us. So chew on those words today and in the days to come. Eat and live. The one who eats this bread will live forever. Amen.